Welcome back to Light Beer, Dark Money. This is one of our rant episodes. Sorry yes. about my voice. I've got something going on. I've got a lot of coffee in my voice. I know that for a fact. Yeah. And we got a new setup here. A new setup. Looks a little different. I have a haircut. Ooh, short. Love my hair stylist. She's awesome. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Okay. Her name is Lauren. She's great. Even though your hair is really short. It's short. It's the summer cut because it's hot today. Supposed to be what 117. It's it, yeah. There's there's no once you get into the 110s, it really doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. I was I was yeah. down in the old Pueblo over the weekend, and there, people were asking me how hot it is in Phoenix. <laughs> they said it's just as hot just, as Phoenix yeah. as in Tucson. There's no difference really anymore. I mean, unless you're kind of in the foothills, you might get a. I yeah. mean, but in the Arcadia area where we are, yeah, with with the foliage, it's a little bit cooler than. In, other places yeah yeah it's it, if you're near the canal it's a little bit better but yeah otherwise so. it's hot it, it doesn't matter speaking of hot yeah first topic for this week is quote unquote i believe in science okay um we've heard a lot about that um it's actually on it's one of the mantras on these uh yard signs that you'll see in people's yards actually last year during the campaign you know this household we believe in science we Love everyone, you know, that kind of thing. Which yeah, I don't have any problem with any of those. Um, but I kind of feel like COVID has driven us off the cliff. Well, maybe COVID headed, it sent us towards the cliff. And now the transgender issue is putting us over the cliff. Um, I listened to a scientist uh, from a, a doctor from Harvard on Joe Rogan's podcast uh, last week. And she's very pro-transgender. She doesn't have any problem with that. But she feels like the issue is being clouded because people are ignoring the science that there is two sexes. There's male and there's female. And that's just science. And um, so I, I feel like the comment, you know, when when it comes to kind of liberal orthodoxy of I believe in science. It shouldn't be liberal orthodoxy. It should be everybody's orthodoxy. Right? Sure. But when science is inconvenient to their ideology, all of a sudden they tried to bend science rather than change their ideology. Well, the, well, the topic that you're talking about is really, um, I think is much more complex. I think, uh, you know, there's this, obviously the biological science aspect of it but then there's the psychological science aspect of it sure and um i mean uh gender dysphoria is a is a is a real affliction and it's um it's really unfortunate for and we talked about it, a little bit about this with uh, kathy herrick right you know how do we as jesus followers love and at the same time speak truth to that um with what is going on in sports and, and this shift towards allowing um, biological males to compete in female sports, and yet you have this whole um, pro-female movement, you know, within our, our which is which is a good thing, it, you know, within our society. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. There's so many different contradictions. Yeah. And as the father of two daughters, um, you know, one of which is super athletic, my seven-year-old. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how I would, I would deal with that. You know, I, I would want to speak truth and love, but at the same time, it would, it would be, um, it would be a very 
pointed conversation, yeah. I think. Well, and and you know, and then then there's the other aspect of of what you're talking about. The pandemic is is when when you can disagree with conclusions, and you're anti-science, right? Right. So um, where I thought you might have gone with this is is this idea that Dr. Fauci, Dr. Faustus, as I turned him uh, in our previous rant, so to speak, um, said very poignantly after our rant last week that if you don't agree with me, you're against science. Right. Well, and I thought that was just the most amazing thing for anyone to say ever. Like, yeah. if I don't agree with your take on the solutions to this pandemic or how it's how it or how you've conducted yourself during this, then I'm against science. Well, that's just nuts. Well, it's it's it is a god complex, really. Mm. I mean, you can't you can't as a, a and any. So that, 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 that explains why he and Trump clashed. Right, right. I mean, you have, have when you when you have two guys, two, gods. two men with God complexes in the same room trying to come to different conclusions about the data that's in front of them, then it's it, it, it gets a little messy. Well, and and for him to say if you don't, you know, believe in me, you don't believe in science is is just insanity because science is not a perfect thing, but there are facts. That are scientific truths, right? And and he got some of that wrong. And scientists get stuff wrong all the time. I mean, we there is it. What it just really starts to. I think it's going to be a difficult conversation for the nation and maybe the world when you have people who say believe in science and if you don't believe this way which isn't science it's ideology then you're going to be you're anti-science um i mean I, th I think another part of this that is headed towards a um collision is on a collision course is uh on the pro-life issue science is proving the pro-life issue more and more over time and we've seen yep. that borne out in the fact that because you can see babies viable at such an early age, now at 23, 24 weeks, maybe even less, um, people have shifted in their viewpoints on abortion and when abortion should be legal or not. Yeah. Um, so well, that, that, that ship has been sailing for a while. Yeah. And, and, and public takes, opinion has, you know, has moved beyond the 50% mark on on the abortion issue mm -hmm. in terms of viability and all that. But I would... Um, the, I, the extremism that we saw last year what, didn't make any sense in terms of um, many people, you know, uh, or legislatures, I think the New York legislature actually passed a law where where um, abortion in New York is 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 allowable up to the point of birth. Yeah. And, and that is, um, that's, that's a position that's untenable. Well, it, it'll, and, yeah, that'll, it, there will be shifts on that, I think. So that is so, so far, so far beyond scientific understanding. Yeah. So then that shifting that, that, you know, I believe in science. Um, I think that for me, I would like to say that, you know, when it comes to climate change, when it comes to all these things, we need to really allow the science to 
be challenged because that's the scientific process, right? And so, you know, the problem is we've come to some conclusions on, on, on that fit an ideology, and then we're not going to move off of that even if the science or the scientific process starts to show us different things. Well, I mean, you always need to be very, very suspect when somebody says the science is settled. Right, right. When any, when any politician declares to you, whether it be climate change or, or mask wearing or, or you know, the, where the, the, the pandemic began, the science is settled, you need to look at them with cross eyes and say, you know, science is never settled because human knowledge is never settled. Right. So we're always seeking, right? We're always seeking, and we more. should be. I mean, that and and to th to think that we have all the answers even now is 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 incorrect. So so going back to the initial point, I mean, for for Dr. Fauci to say, "I am science," and therefore hear me roar. Um, the problem with him, and that I continue to have with him, is that he was compromised from the beginning, and he knew it. And that evidence is becoming more and more clear that he signed off on. Um, research right. that was done at uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology and, I, and, and through grants, and it was, it was his deal, and he knew what was going on there, and to try to deflect the origin of the virus into some sort of you know, marketplace natural transition because you have, you're, because you're compromised, and you and a number of science, scientists are now compromised. Not, that, not to say that that research isn't valuable. Right. That's okay. what I was just going to say. In, in some, some respects, <laughs> um, and understanding these viruses and how they're transmitted and what have you. But that specific institute has had a lot of issues over the last 20 years. And I think it will. This should start the debate of, does it make sense to study these viruses and try to make them more, you know, more deadly to learn how to deal with a pandemic when in fact you just created a pandemic as a result of that research. I think that was part of the problem is that, that they were making these things worse than that they nat they were naturally. Um, but well, I mean, and that's sort of the point, right? That's what they want to do. They want to see how these viruses then react right. within a, a controlled environment. However, we now know we now know that 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 the Wuhan lab is anything but controlled right. by by virtue of its track record over the last you know fifteen years or so. Yeah. So um, I think uh, we said very clearly on the podcast last week. I mean, you have a bunch of scientists now backtracking who are trying to cover their ass. Right. And um, and unfortunately, I think that. I, the narrative is now changing for for the good that people are recognizing. Uh, I think even John Stewart. I was going to mention. If yeah, you haven't I, watched John Stewart on Colbert. Yeah, was. John Stewart on Colbert <laughs> was brilliant, but you know it's unfortunate that it took this long because, uh, as I think I mentioned in our last rant, I mean logic would suggest <laughs> that that you know if 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 a um, if a coronavirus. Uh, originates in the city of Wuhan, it only really came from one place. Right. Um, John Stewart made the analogy of like, if there's a, um, what would he say, like an outbreak of like, you know, Hershey's 
a Hershey flood in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It didn't, it didn't happen in Hershey. It yeah, yeah, it didn't come from natural causes or something like that. Right, exactly. You know, it pretty much came from the Hershey plant. So speaking of false narratives, sure. Um, that's the next hot topic for this rant. And this goes to the um, – and you – you raised this with our on our podcast with Lori Roberts, and it, dealing with January sixth. I want to go. Yeah, I didn't feel like that. I went for like went for it on that. Yeah, I, but I, I was really trying to be very respectful of her and her her take, and and there were a lot of different avenues I could have sure. gone, and I was like, eh, I just I'm gonna. But it but it got me thinking because there's now news that you know there's been this narrative that Trump sent out the Secret Service. Or maybe, and or park police, or a bunch of people to use tear, gla- tear gas to clear Lafayette Square, so he could go stand in front of that church and hold up the Bible, right? Yeah. So he can go at the St. John's Church. So there's now a Inspector General report from the Department of Interior, signed by Deb Holland, who is the former Congresswoman from New Mexico, who's now the Secretary of Interior. The Interior IG report that says, no, it wasn't Park Police and it wasn't uh, Secret Service that used gas. It was D.C. Metro Police. It was Bowser's police force, which what's crazy is when when she was introduced at the DNC, the Democrat National Convention, by Eva Longoria, she said, this is the woman who stood up against, you know, when peaceful protests were happening and Trump used tear gas to clear Lafayette Square. She stood up against it. And it now turns out that it was Bowser's agency who used the tear gas. I mean, it just, and this is a, this is a narrative. If you walked up to anybody on the street and said, did Donald Trump use tear gas to clear, and you don't, we have, people wouldn't know Lafayette Square necessarily, but use tear gas so that he could have a photo op in front of a church with a Bible. Anyone who pays attention to politics would say, oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, and, and, and the narrative was that Bill Barr gave the order, and uh, who was right. attorney general at that time, and that, that was, wasn't the case. In fact, they cleared the area, apparently. Um, they did not know that Trump was... I, I read part of the article. That they did not know that Trump was actually coming out to do something like that. They were clearing the area to build more fencing. Right. That's my understanding. Well, Park Police, not Park, but D.C. Metro yeah. was responding with the tear gas they were using to clear, was responding to the stuff that was being thrown at their officers, which should, look, if, if they need to use that type of non-lethal force to protect their officers, um, that's, you know, that's an internal decision on their part. But for that to then be used as a narrative against the president, and this is a president I didn't agree with a lot of the time, so I'm not... Um, and I thought the, I thought standing in front of the church holding up the Bible seemed a little weird anyway, but it, it clearly was one of the false narratives that has infected our society for the worse. Well, and it's a narrative that lives on during a very heated, um, political season. And then, um, and then it's sort of, uh, you know, released debunked much much later um like a lot of different narratives and if, and and by that time nobody's really painted yeah i mean so it's all, debunked that, in that was trying so the point i was trying to make with laurie is that it's already becomes part of the the lexicon of, right. of 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 truth when it's really not well if and, and i'll point to two different things um these are both come out of saturday saturday night live 
if you said, did, did Sarah Palin say that she could see Alaska from her front porch? Of course she did, didn't she? No, <laughs> she didn't. That was Tina Fey on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, or what was the one George Bush? Oh, strategery. George Bush never used the term strategery. That was Will Ferrell playing George Bush on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but that stuck, and that was a good thing that stuck. I don't know if it was a good thing that stuck. It just, it's one George, of those George things Bush, that, George Bush had a podcast for a while called The Strategist. Well, so, of course, so, he, that's like me having a podcast about dark money. Yeah, no. <laughs> so oh, I do. The, there's some benefits to some of this. Yeah. All right. You got to, I mean, and when it comes to Saturday Night Live, you got to go with it a little well, bit. Well, I, and I don't, I, I mean, like Dana is, Carvey doing George H.W. Bush. Classic. Those, those mannerisms, okay, the exaggeration of those mannerisms are with us forever. Well, of course, and, I, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that yeah. there are false narratives that get created, and some are never undone, like in the Sarah Palin issue, and some that are you know, disproven so far in the future, beyond the time, that it's meaningless. Um, well, I think it, I mean, the false narrative goes back to the science question, too. I mean, what we're talking about with, with the, the Wuhan virus. Just, oh, there's no way this could have come from the Wuhan right. lab. And so anyone who says that it is is canceled or shut right. down or whatever for the better part of a year. But then, then we have a change of administrations, change of, you know, change. And, and, it, and it becomes more accepted because it's the truth. Right. Which leads us to our third topic, also along the theme of false narrative. The 2020 election was stolen. Okay. We have to stop to steal. This has gotten you're, so you're, out you, of control. You, you, this is like one of your big hot buttons. I, you mention it every podcast. Do I? Am, yeah, I, am I beating a dead horse? No, you're not beating a dead horse by just every podcast. Well, I think, this, you, I think the it. Arizona audit has been a disgrace. Um, should have never happened. If it was going to happen, it needed to happen by professionals. Um, the but but the just the general the fact that we have a number of people in the base of the Republican Party who think that they're going to reinstall Trump as president just magically. I mean, Sidney Powell came out again last week saying she has all this proof that she's going to use the trial, you know, her being sued by Dominion to prove it. But in the very filing that her lawyers, that she filed for dismissal of the suit, she said no credible person would believe the claims made by Sidney Powell. Sure. <laughs> it's like, come on. So I, this is kind of timely because I had, um, I had breakfast with a friend of mine this morning and we were talking about this very issue. We were talking about the nature of the choice that we had in 2016 and then the nature of the choice that we had in 2020. And I don't know how we got on this topic, but we did. And um, I'm, I'm not going to say who this was um, because it's a private conversation, but uh, I, I, I told the story about I had met with a very prominent politician here uh, in Arizona who's even more prominent now, and we had... Uh, we had coffee in Washington D.C., and and this person, we we, this was maybe four or five years ago, and so immediately we started talking about Paul. This this was actually right before the election, 2016. So it was probably July of that year, and we started talking about the candidates, which at that time were Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Uh, 
And um, and I remember asking her, so what do you think about your candidate? And this person saying, um, well, she's a sociopath. <laughs> and I probably shouldn't say that. And then the question became, what do you, what about your candidate? So I've already led to who this might be, but, um, and I said, well, he's, he's a narcissist. And so here's the choice we have. And I think there wasn't much choice this time either. Right. It was between the narcissist and Sleepy Joe. Yeah. And the, and, and, and the senile old grandpa. And it's sad. It's sad where we are today. Because you and I, growing up in politics, we grew up with giants. And they had their faults, and they had their issues, and they had, you know, we grew up in the age of Reagan. And now we're, we're dealing with Trump and Joe Biden as a choice? Right. Um, well, I think... I, I or Trump and Hillary Clinton as a choice? Yeah. And I, I appreciate that you said that we grew up with giants who also had their faults, because that goes to another thing that I've, and this is now a beyond. Well, we're human. We're fallen people. We're, well, and that's, we're, so, so, and maybe this is for a as, topic. As much as I, as I, you know, if you go in my office, there's a whole bookshelf, Ronald Reagan. I love Ronald Reagan, but Ronald Reagan didn't get it right all the time. Yeah. And he had personal issues. I yeah. mean, and, and that's the thing is everybody does. And, um, and I think we probably need to save this for a, a future podcast, but I think we need to get to the issue of critical race theory, the whole 1619 project, because I think history needs to be taught. I think it needs to be an honest history, but it doesn't have to be revisionist. And a lot of, you know, definitely conservative people want to revise history. They revere Thomas Jefferson as I do, but they ignore the challenges that he brought. I mean, he had slaves. He had sex with slaves. You know, those are true. So we can have the discussion of what the challenges were with the nation, um, but it's but it it is the aspirational nature. You know, I right? this, I always say that I don't know if I always say, it, but it's really easy with a twenty first century mindset <laughs> to look back at history and say, oh, this was wrong. And yes, of course, morally it was wrong. But if you look at the literature at the time, you look at the writings at the time, there was a great acknowledgement that it was wrong. Yeah. There was a great acknowledgement amongst those people signing the Declaration, the vast majority of them, that slavery was wrong. However, it was what it was at the time. Right. We were the first country to outlaw slavery yeah. in the world. And despite America's faults, if you want to go see racism, go to England, go to France, go to Spain. As, as haughty and holier than thou than those countries are, you want to see real racism, go there. Yeah. And I'm not saying racism doesn't exist in this country, in places it does, but um, to begin to separate the country, to begin to balkanize the country again in, in the area of race with this Marxist ideology of critical race theory 
and to want to teach our kids that they are inherently racist at birth is wrong. Yeah, it and, is. And, and, and the parents in Loudoun County and across the country who are standing up to their school boards and saying enough is enough. Um, I think it's a movement, and I think, I think um, it's, it's long overdue. Yeah. I think the public Agreed. schools have been um, chipping away at this for the better part of several decades. Um, I think the, the teachers' unions are absolutely a part of that. And, and coming out of this pandemic, I think they saw an opportunity coming out of the George Floyd riots. They saw an opportunity, and I think it's backfiring. I think it is too. Um, and I hope it backfires even more um, because, because our kids don't need to learn that. Well, they, they need to understand that the United States has been a leader when it comes to freedom, and, it's, and it still is. It's still the freest well, place. Well, I mean, the whole idea of the 1619 Project is this idea that, that the country was founded as a, as a racist entity and, well, and, and the country of slaves. And, and that the Revolutionary War was fought to protect slavery. That's just abject bullshit. <laughs> yes. But I'll go one step further. And this is a radical idea in and of itself, but it's the truth. America as an idea was founded under the teachings of Jesus. Because we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. Our rights as a people are not given by the person, your neighbor, right. by the government of your city or your county or your state. Your rights don't come from those entities. They don't come from the Congress. They don't come from the president. Your rights come from God. And you are subverting those rights to a just government that can be that 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 can be done away with. Yeah, and that is America's founding. America's right. founding document is the Declaration that our rights come from God. No other country in the world, or no other people in the world ever made that declaration. It was the first time. And despite all of our faults, despite our, our twisted history, messy history, the guiding principle of our country is still that our rights come from God. Yep. I think that's a great place to end. It's all about <laughs> faith, freedom, and from those come free enterprise. Free enterprise. The yeah. ability to, to build a future for yourself and for your family. That is the pursuit of happiness. That is. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs>